What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is Tom and Bach. Coming at you live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Tom Stevens. I'm not commenting on that until I'm ready to comment on it. Jake Bakoven. You watch the game. You figure it out, huh? What do you think? Tom and Bach starts now. Hour number two, Tommy Bach, Tom Stevens here, Jake Bachoven there. Anything I can get you? Uh, are you okay, Bach? I, I think I'm doing good so far. Right. Uh, just let me know. <laughs> All right. Get you what if I if I want a cheeseburger and go no, grab no, one? No, that's not you. Oh, not that. You're not getting anything, actually. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this, but it's not just... It's not just these lightweight bowl games that guys are backing out of. And actually, you know, when it all started with Kenny Pickett, Peach Bowl isn't necessarily a lightweight game. That's a, that's a pretty good game. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you had uh, Kenneth uh, Kenneth Walker III back out of that game. Um, and so those were the two big stars on in that entire game. And I thought, you know, is this going to continue? And now it is. Uh, but this one kind of surprised me. Ohio State's going to be without four starters when they face Utah in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson's all uh, also Haskell Garrett. So some big names have backed out of the Rose Bowl. And uh, Kirk Herbstreit, who played at Ohio State, played quarterback there, is not happy about it. He said something to the fact that you go and compete your ass off, you know, but he's an old school guy uh, who thinks that they should be playing in the Rose Bowl, I guess it surprises me because the Big Ten loves the Rose Bowl. Remember when Iowa made the college football, or actually Iowa had a chance to, and then they were beaten by Michigan State. Uh, but I remember a bunch of Iowa fans at that time saying, what if we beat Michigan State and we're in the college football playoff and we miss the Rose Bowl? All right. <laughs> yeah. There was that thought out there. The Big Ten loves its Rose Bowl. And... Now Ohio State backing out of these games are thinking it, it's a meaningless exhibition. Maybe you would think that from Ohio State, who actually plays for championships and oh, wins yeah. championships. But I just, I mean, I think Woody Hayes might roll over in his grave. Yeah, he might. But it, it is the changing of the guard in, in college football. Things are, are changing, and, and you're right. I mean, I think I think they're the only team that wouldn't be very proud and honored. I mean, everybody else is basically hanging a banner, you know, because you have to win yeah. the Big Ten championship or, you know, a Rose Bowl appearance or whatever for this game. And Ohio State 
is pro. I mean, most of them have moved on or looking the other way because yeah. I mean, they're they're used to playing for championships. So they're kind of the program that is is, is above the rest. Their their expectations are above the rest, and that's what made the Michigan upset so special. Um, obviously, Ohio State has beaten them over and over again throughout the last decade. Um, to to be able to get that win and and send. It's like sending Ohio State home. They get to go to the Rose Bowl, but they're not happy about it. So, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was basically sending them home right. and, and unhappy. And a lot of those guys, obviously, the other part of it is um, the reason why they're disappointed is because they have a team that should have been in the college football playoff. They have, you know, I think it's four or five guys yeah. that are sitting out of this game so they can prepare for the draft. Yeah, um, that means you're going to be a first, second round draft pick, likely. I mean, most of them are. It just seems like if Nebraska had made the Rose Bowl and somebody like right now and year four uh, of Frost, we'd, we'd think, oh, this is crazy. We'd lose how, our minds. We, we, how can you sit out? I understand. I mean, maybe last year when a bunch of guys after beating Rutgers didn't want to go to a bowl game, uh, if they were going to go to a bowl game, I can forgive that, even though I know you were a little mad about it. But um, they didn't want to. Well, but if yeah. it were the Rose Bowl yeah, and a bunch of guys backed out, I would think, man, come on. You can't do that. It's the Rose. Nebraska's finally back, and you're, you're you're not going to the Rose Bowl. I guess it's a different conversation when you're Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson or Haskell Garrett. Uh, those guys are big name guys who are going to be top three. You know, in the case of Wilson and Olave, they're going to be first round draft picks. And I don't know where Haskell Garrett probably around you know top three rounds oh, yeah. for sure. Um, I guess I just never fathomed that we would be at this point. Uh, that guys are sitting out of these kinds of games um, where it used to be such an honor to go and represent your school in the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, the best game you know that you can imagine, uh, even if it's not a part of the 14 playoff. And that's where we are. And I'm wondering if college football on this particular pace can survive outside the playoff. Yeah, it, it'll be good once you expand it, maybe to 12, uh, 8, whatever you go. But outside of that, it's it's probably just going to get worse and worse, right? It will for the traditional college football fan, and, and it, it, is, it makes it difficult to kind of grade the season, right? Again, I keep going back to I don't know how much it matters to people, but if I were doing a ballot for the final ranking, I wouldn't include a lot of these results. I mean, the Pittsburgh-Michigan State game, that's a skeleton of both teams. Um, Ohio State, regardless of what happens in that game, that's not Ohio State. Yeah. You know, if they lose, I'm not going to count it too much against their season um, because, they, I mean, they, there's always been the factor of they clearly didn't want to be there. Yeah. Um, but I get it. It's the Rose Bowl. But it's it's just – it is it is where we are. I mean, the Bulls, as soon as you add the playoff, I can't – you know, I can't repeat this enough. Those other games just feel so much less significant for those top-tier programs. I mean, if you're still – if you're talking about a, a game – um, you know, there's some games where it's it's yeah. a huge deal. It, like Mississippi State, we talked yeah. about the Mike Leach Bowl. It'd be a pretty good deal to get to eight wins for Minnesota to get to nine wins tonight when they play West Virginia. There's still some, you know, there's still some meaning out there for some of these bowl games. But once you get to that top tier of teams that had a thought thought that they had a chance to get to the playoff, and then it doesn't happen in the last final weeks. That was their goal. That's what yeah. they're looking forward to. So to go play one of these games, it it just it just doesn't do enough for them, um, and it's understandable. So I mean, there's there's different ways I think of saving this, but I think something needs to be done. How about if, I saw this idea on Twitter? Instead of expanding college football's playoff, wipe away the playoff, go back to the traditional route of Big 
you know, Big 12 plays in the Orange Bowl, SEC plays in the Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl matchup. We know Pac-12 versus Big 10. That was kind of a playoff. Do all of that, yeah, and then have the plus-one championship game after that. So, because there's never, you're rarely going to have three or four teams there after those bowl games that still have a, a legitimate claim at the championship. The problem was there, you would have two teams sometimes, so you'd have ties. But, you know, what should have been done back in the day, play that plus one. Have Nebraska play Michigan in 1997 or Colorado play Georgia Tech in 1990. It was kind of fun back in the day. I mean, Nebraska won in 1970 because all everything fell right in the bowl games. Oh, yeah. Uh, so those, you know, bowl games become de facto. Uh, national championships. Texas still it, claims that national championship. That's right. Texas still claims it. Nebraska could have won in 82 had they beat Clemson. Uh, Clemson won it because they beat Nebraska in 1982 in the Orange Bowl. There were times, you know, if everything falls right on that day and you kind of see it was almost better in some ways than what we have now because the, the bowl games meant something. Now it's just let's wait till New Year's Eve uh, and none of these other games – really matter. They're just exhibitions. I do think what we've said before about name, image, and likeness, if you paid these guys, if you paid Alave and Wilson, I mean, would would it be worth your while if you got $100,000, $50,000? Uh, some guys would still back out if they knew that they were going to be the first or second pick in the, in the NFL draft. Others may not if they knew, hey, I'm a late first-round guy, uh, I'm a second-round guy, you know, even Kenny Pickett, who's probably not going to be, you know, first through five for sure. He's going to be probably top 10. But if you give somebody some money through name, image, and likeness, yeah. it seems, yeah, it seems greedy on the part, but they were always getting paid. Let's face it. It's, the problem you have there, I think, is that you would start to have more players opt out looking for money. Um, and so how many, like, Sure, Kenny Pickett doesn't want to sit out, so they'd have to pay him. But then Jordan Addison doesn't want to sit out. Then, you know, one of their tackles says, well, they get money. I, I, I should get a smaller amount, but I should get some money. You know, and, and then it just kind of keeps on. So I, I wonder if you're opening up a can of worms there. But um, it's it's an idea. And, again, I, I think that there are plenty of ideas um, that we can throw out, that we come up just talking about right. it, that could remedy the situation even a bit. And I just think it needs it because it's 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 not – it's not college football. It just feels very odd. And off the text line, somebody points out, it, even just with the college football playoff system, the Rose Bowl has taken a significant hit because yeah. you're never going – I mean, very rarely are you going to get the Pac-12 champ against the Big Ten champ anymore because those teams would both have to miss the playoffs. So if you are getting it, it's a down year between yeah. those conferences anyway. You want the ch- the champion of either league in the college football playoff, not the Rose Bowl, unless the Rose Bowl gets moved to inside one of those championships, like we're inside the yeah. bracket, right, where it's one of those games, and then it's neither of them. And then it's just whoever lines up one versus four, two versus three. I, I think there's enough money. I mean, Texas has well, Texas is a bad example because they're, as far as money is concerned, the king of college football. They're not on the football field, but they still have the money. They have more money than anybody. Uh, and they have $10 million in their name, image, and likeness fund. Maybe they could, you know, you wouldn't have to go to the bowl game and say, you pay them. We'll pay them. Yeah. Uh, or maybe you could just do the top five guys. Uh, that make sure you have marquee. Who cares about a second string, or you know your offensive tackle missing that game? Do you really care? Maybe you do a little bit, and it affects your ability to win. But if you have your marquee players, if you have a Lave, if you make sure that you have you know a C.J. Stroud in a couple of years, or you know a Bryce Young, you make sure that he plays. I could see a time, Bach, that if you go to a sixteen-team playoff. 
the 16th team, that, that guy backs out as well, even though it is for the national title. He's thinking, yeah, you know, there's no way we're going to win the national title. We're a group of five team. If it's, you know, a team like Cincinnati or UCF down the line. I could see guys that are in the college football playoff down the road actually skipping out on these games. I mean, it's the Rose Bowl. The Big Ten celebrates the Rose Bowl like no other conference in the world. You'd think there would be a little internal pressure uh, to play in that game because the Rose Bowl means so much to the Big Ten. But it doesn't. I understand it doesn't mean as much to Ohio State. Yeah. It, it just, uh, hey, we play for national titles, and that's it. We don't care about the Rose Bowl. And Sandman asked, too, what changed in the last few years where opting out if they're the first or second round pick draft uh, in the draft versus 10 to 15 years ago is when players would, would not do that. Part of it is the, the playoff decision yeah. that, you know, where those bowl games just feel less and less meaningful. Yeah. Um, but I think another part of it, I mean, you remember we we want this, right? I mean, yeah. but it it makes sense for them because even if it's rare, remember Jake yeah. Budd at Michigan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was going to be a first, second round pick. He tears his ACL in the Orange Bowl. It was a game that was not going to mean a whole lot, you know, as far as championships were were determined. Um, and he didn't have that long of an NFL career. Now, he didn't have the insurance or whatever, mm-hmm. so it covered him to a degree. But probably not to, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it ended up being a life-altering decision for him, yeah. especially as far as longevity in the NFL goes, um, to play that extra game. So I think... You know, watching something like that that would ma- that would definitely make me double qu- you know question yeah. it because it, it it's the game of football it's fierce yeah. you can lose your, your career at any minute. Some of these guys had I remember Mike Rozier getting a big insurance policy. Oh yeah, uh, and I think some guys still do that. Maybe they could use that money for an insurance policy if I get injured. Uh, at least you know I'm insured for ten million dollars or whatever that is uh, if I get insured or if I get injured in one of these uh, bowl games. Uh, Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's, I just, I knew it was going to happen, but I guess now that it's happened, I'm stunned by it. I knew it was, I knew we were headed down this road. I could see it. And yet now I'm seeing it and I'm still amazed. But it, and it is also just continue. It will be fascinating to see how far it, it continues to fall. If they if again, if they don't remedy the situation some way or another, because eventually you get to a point that if you're a, a Haskell Garrett or whatever, I mean, let's say Ohio State's, six and three their season's done then they might sit out the final three games yeah. before the bowl game just to protect their draft status and that's going to be most didn't Jadavion Clowney do that for the entire season or pretty much the entire season I think he thought there. about it yeah I don't know if he did I, it I but. think he did the at least the bowl game or the last few yeah. games I'm trying to remember back but uh I th- the precedent has been set and I can't see it going back to where it used to be uh anytime soon but maybe the carrot is money name image right. and likeness um, who knows? Uh, let's get to box tops. It's that time. Uh, it's going to be one of my favorite subjects here on box tops. Top 10 Vikings of all time. See if your list comes, uh, to agreement with mine. 
Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is just my favorite. This isn't the best. <laughs> yeah. I like to have fun with some stories yeah. instead of just ranking them straight up. Um, so, guys, that didn't make the list, and, and, and you tell me uh, your thoughts on some of them. Uh, Chad Greenway. I always thought that was a great linebacker name. He ended up being pretty good. He was a great linebacker. Yeah. yeah. Harrison Smith, uh, still on the team, right? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. seems like he's been there forever, yeah, so uh, sometimes I get lost there. He would be in my top ten defensive backs of all time. Yeah, he's been great since he went to, like, rookie year. I mean, he's he's been great hitter, really good the whole time. Yeah. Uh, Laquan Treadwell was actually drafted. He's still playing. I didn't realize that. I looked that up. He was drafted by the Vikings. Of course, he was the, the wide receiver that was likely headed to Lincoln, uh, and then Mississippi got him out of nowhere. And then right. Bo said, Bo like insinuated that there might have been some money at play in there, like money given to mom. I remember right. that whole thing. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was when we knew the SEC was cheating, and yeah. it proved out to be the case. Uh, Blair Walsh, you a big Blair Walsh fan? I like Blair Walsh. Yeah, he missed uh, a big. He kick missed for a <laughs> big kick that cost us a chance at the Super Bowl. Yeah, like it was like a maybe a thirty yard kick against Seattle. Some Vikings fans, even though Blair Walsh was one of the best field goal kickers in the league, uh, that's a, that's a curse word. You shouldn't say that. Uh, Troy Walters, former Nebraska offensive coordinator, was drafted there. Um, Mike Hughes, of course, former UCF uh, defensive back, drafted there. Some of the more recent guys that are kind of fun to watch: Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs, of course. What happened with Stephon Diggs? Why did they? Uh, what happened with them in the Vikings? He, he felt like Cousins didn't throw to him enough, and he was right. Yeah, um, he just—he was really, really good, uh, and he wanted to get up, get the heck out of town. I, I just felt like Mike Zimmer has destroyed a few careers, <laughs> and uh, Stephon Diggs probably made the right decision. He's in Buffalo, and he's a big star. Yeah, and I love—I mean, I liked him coming out of college. I was excited because usually. You just watch some call, you know, conference players. You're like, I, I especially like that guy. And he got taken in the fifth round, so it wasn't expected to be great, but he was, yeah. of course, coming out of Maryland. His brother might be a bigger star this year. He has 11 interceptions yeah. for the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, he, he's uh, in a, yeah, in a pro bowler now. Uh, Bryant McKinney was another uh, fun offensive lineman. Cordero Patterson, one of my favorite uh, kick returners. Uh, I'm hoping more out of him as a wide receiver as any team that's have Cordero Patterson probably has, but he's a great kick returner. All right, let's get to my top 10. Uh, number 10 on my list, how about Fred Smoot? A lot of great memories of Fred Smoot and the Love Boat scandal for the Vikings. I had to throw it in there. The Love Boat, yes, I remember <laughs> that. That was that was so silly. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for mentioning Fred Smoot. I just like Fred Smoot, uh, his career. Even at Mississippi State, and then uh, with the Redskins, where he was kind yeah. of played opposite Champ Bailey. Yeah, he had a better career. I mean, his biggest part of his career was with the Redskins. Yeah, and then he came over to the Vikings yeah. and just had scandal, but yeah. uh, it was still yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, number nine on my list. How about Brett Favre? That's a name at one point you would never expect to see on this list, but he nearly got uh, the Vikings of the Super Bowl in 2009. Was it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, all he had to do was uh, run. He he rolled out to the right. He throws across his body. It's picked off. New Orleans kicked the uh, the winning field goal, and and because of that game, they changed the overtime rules. That was in overtime. Oh uh, yeah, and it ended the game. And now, if you kick a field goal, the other team gets an opportunity to go for it or to to get the ball and win the game. Because of that game, they changed the rules. But all Favre had to do, he had five, maybe ten yards. He runs. They kick the field goal. They're in the Super Bowl. And instead, New Orleans won it all that year. And you probably had mixed feelings about him to begin with, but uh, for that, for it to end like that, is there, is there continued mixed feelings for he, Brett Favre? He played so well that year. Yeah, he was he was almost MVP. He was incredible. Um, and once you see what a Hall of Fame quarterback looks like in a Vikings uniform, a quick you glimpse. Go, Wait a minute, 
That's what they're getting with Green Bay all those years. That's what Aaron Rodgers is like. Yeah. And that's unfair. They replaced Brett Favre with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I know. That's that's not fair. They've been very spoiled over yeah. there. Uh, number eight on my list. How about Percy Harvin? Five total kick return touchdowns with the Vikings. He's actually tied with Amir Abdullah when wow. Amir was with the Lions for the longest non-scoring play in NFL history. 104 yards for each of them where they took it out of the end zone yeah. and got to the one or whatever and, yeah. and, and didn't quite get the touchdown. But uh, Percy Harvin, probably more expected of him in his career, but what a fun player coming out of Florida in his first couple years with the Vikings. Um, uh, a special teams demon. Played for... Urban Meyer at Florida, part of that scandal a little bit uh, when Urban was at Florida. Great kick returner, freak of nature athlete. Uh, You mentioned Cordell Patterson. He reminds me a little bit of that returning kicks. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was fun. Uh, number seven on my list, John Randall, a six-time All-Pro. I mean, this guy was just eating up quarterbacks in the 90s. Fifteen and a half sacks. He was the NFL leader in 1997. Also uh, has the Vikings record. He led the, the Minnesota Vikings for eight straight seasons with in sacks. That guy was a beast. He was an absolute machine. He was a quarterback terror. Yeah. He was a terror. And he he just kind of looked daunting. He always had his you know his face paint oh, yeah. on. He was cool. I told he's a great guy too. I I don't I wish I would have met him. I mean he's he was one of my all time favorite Vikings. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. Number five on my list, uh, a guy who ended his career a little bit early there, Robert Smith. He was a two time Pro Bowler as a running back in 1998 and 2000, but he retired at the age of 28 or 29 or somewhere around there. Um, he actually holds the all-time NFL record for average yards per touchdown run at 27.2. So he was uh, he could burn you. And he was on some of those great teams with Randall Cunningham and oh, yeah. uh, Chris Carter and Randy Moss. Uh, that 1998 team should have won the Super Bowl. But you're right, he, he retired way too early. The guy was a, maybe the fastest player in the NFL at the time he was yeah. I I always go back and forth on that that sort of thing you know you know Barry but he he did it bef- like this wasn't because of injuries this was no. before injuries he made his money uh, and he wanted to live a healthy life yeah. I that's I, I can't blame him for it and he was in the broadcast booth for a long time oh he still is yeah, he's a yeah, great broadcaster yeah. uh, number uh, four on my list how about Jared Allen of course he made his name known with you know Kansas City and Oakland some of those teams but a lot of time with the Vikings talk talk about a premier pass rusher that's uh, that you wouldn't want to run into in an alley. Yeah. Big motor, they used to always say about Jared Allen. He, he was, uh, John Randall was more talented, but yeah. Jared Allen maybe had a better motor than anybody I've ever seen play in a Vikings uniform. Uh, number three on my list, you mentioned him, Dante Culpepper. Uh, of course, Nebraska fans will remember playing UCF and Culpepper uh, in, with Frost in 1997. Uh, but, of course, he went on to have a great career in the NFL, at least for the Vikings, before he went over to the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, Nick Saban's biggest m- regret probably is getting Culpepper. He chose Culpepper basically over Breeze in uh, in Miami yeah. to, to get his thing going, and it, that didn't work, obviously. But Culpepper was great with the Vikings, uh, three-time Pro Bowler, uh, first team All Pro in 2000, led the yard uh, league in passing in 2004. At one time, I thought that guy's the best quarterback ever, and then I realized once he left the Vikings, oh, it's because he was throwing to Chris Carter and Randy Moss all the time. Yeah, that helps. And Robert Smith was running the football for him. <laughs> I mean, he had so many great weapons, but he was good. He had a big arm. Remember, uh, UCF played in Lincoln uh, one year. I remember him playing for uh, Central Florida. Uh, against Nebraska and Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also wanted to mention, he's not on my list because I didn't put him in there, but Randall Cunningham, uh, right before Culpepper, there was that year, 1998, he threw for 34 touchdowns to 10 picks. He just went off in 1998. Uh, didn't really have 
any success after that. Um, but he was fun for that one year, and maybe that was more of what you were saying, too. Obviously, Cunningham was great before that. This was toward the latter half of his career. Um, but uh, maybe it's just kind of the weaponry he had there. But that yeah. was awesome. They were loaded offensively at that time. Yeah, and, and those are my they're going to take my top two yeah. spots. Chris Carter, you mentioned uh, guys in the booth. He's one of my favorite guys in the booth. But uh, him and Randy Moss are the top top spots on my list here um, because they were just such a dynamic duo for whoever yeah. was slinging the football for them. And I, I felt like that was that, that late 90s. I don't know if, how you feel. That was the coolest Vikings teams. Those were the, the, cool, the coolest time to be a Vikings fan, I would say. Uh, well, I was a Vikings fan where they dominated uh, the North back in the 70s. They would win the division every year, and then they would always face you know somebody uh, like the Rams and get beat in the NFC uh playoffs or they would face somebody like the Dolphins great one of the greatest teams ever undefeated Dolphins or the Steelers or the Raiders they were facing the best teams ever yeah (laughs) every time they went to the Super Bowl uh so I was a big fan of the 70s Vikings but that 98 team should have won it all all they had to do is make a field goal against the Falcons yeah the Dirty Birds uh Gary Anderson hadn't missed one all year hadn't missed a field goal all year he makes that uh they go to the Super Bowl and probably win it uh but that's some fun memories. Uh, <laughs> all of your memories, uh, you have more of the 90s memories, and that's great. Uh, I, yeah, that's I think what I was more alive. to the 70s and 80s. Uh, but there, let's see, are there some names that you probably should have put on? I know I know you love Fran Tarkenton. That's your favorite player. Fran Tarkenton's my favorite. Chuck Foreman should be on the list. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, let's see. Chris Dolman, great linebacker. John Gilliam, wide receiver, big fan. Tommy Kramer replaced Fran Tarkenton. Uh, and I really, really liked him. He played on some really bad teams, though, uh, with the Vikings. <laughs> Jim Marshall, Caller, uh, Carl Eller. Um, I mean, the fearsome force. Larson, Eller, Page, Marshall. Uh, that that was uh, those were some great memories for sure. Um, thanks for doing that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate. Uh, it's fun to celebrate your favorite was, team, but it's kind of it's kind of weird because. And I, I don't mean this in a rude way. I, I realize I said this too, and you and Schaefer are both Vikings fans. Vikings fans kind of seem... Negative? Not negative, but almost just like... <laughs> Resigned? I, I would say... Yeah. Resigned to the fact Not that Not just they're... for this season, but they're just kind of... There seems to be a little bit of a, a, of a curse there. <laughs> there is. Uh, and at least we were in the same boat for a long time with... Uh, Bronco fans like they had lost four. We had lost four. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We feel bad for you. And the Bills are still there. The Bills oh, yeah. still haven't four won. Four straight. Yeah. And the Vikings have lost four. The Bills have lost four. So I guess we have that in common. Uh, but it feels like uh, they've just lost some heartbreakers. Uh, but, you know, it's, were you what's what a Vikings fan. That's what being a Vikings fan is. They were the purple people eater defense in the 70s, right? Right. Was, was that was that kind of what helped? bring you to the Vikings or how did you become a Vikings I think, fan? I can't, they would always play, you know, you get the local teams. So yeah. you'd either get the bears, the Vikings, the Broncos or the Packers uh, always on Sunday. So they were the local team and Vin mm. Scully would call them with Jim Brown uh, back in the day. And I saw Fran Tarkington just running for his life and nobody could ever tackle him. And he would dump it off to Chuck Foreman for a 40 yard gain. I go, I love that guy. Yeah. Didn't have a big arm, but he was a scrambler. Um, and fun to watch, and so they were on every week. That yeah. was part of it. Yeah, uh, it always helps. So I just gravitated to them. Um, and I, that was probably when I was six. That's my rule. That's Pick right. a team when you're six and stick with them for the rest of your life, and I have. Uh, let's get to break, come back with more on Tom and Bach. You're listening to Tom and Bach. 
Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch.